Yes, people. Hello and welcome back. It's episode four of Canberra Conversations. And today I'm joined by Chris Reeve. Chris Reeve is the founder of Reeve Social Media and a social media expert. So naturally, we speak a lot about how to grow and engage social media following, improving your personal brand and potentially monetize what you do on social media. Alongside that, we also speak about deeper subjects such as the nature of how short-lived life really is and the impact that we want to make within that period of time when we are alive. Alongside that, we also discuss fitness and how it can supercharge your career. As a bit of a disclaimer, there's points where I was listening back editing this podcast where I was genuinely a little bit emotional as well as fired up. I really hope you get the same impact and I look forward to hearing your feedback. This is a good one. Yes, people, welcome back to another episode of Canberra Conversations, the business and fitness podcast. Today, I'm lucky to be joined by the founder of Reeve Social Media and a social media consultancy expert, Mr. Chris Reeve. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Carl. It's it's an absolute honor. I'm so delighted after uh, months and months of pestering you to start a podcast. You've got so much knowledge and so much value to give. Um, that I'm, I'm super excited, not just the fact that I'm on, but the fact that you're actually doing it because your listeners are just going to get so much from this. No, I appreciate that, Chris. And for, for, for the listeners, the backstory to that is Chris has got his own podcast in the, in, the, in the football space and he's a content creator across a number of different platforms. And podcasting is something that I guested on four or five times last year. And I kept saying to Chris after each one, I was like, oh, how is it you do yours and how does it all work? And I could just see the potential to have longer, better conversations than just an Instagram caption, Instagram story. And Chris was one of the big people that encouraged me, especially after my guest appearance, he said, all those went well, or like, what could you bring to that space? And I'm glad to finally taken the plunge and the reception so far has been great. And I know this episode is going to, is going to add a lot of value to people as well. Carl, I even came up from England to Glasgow. I sat, (laughs) sat you down with a cup of coffee outside your work and I went Cole for God's sake man get yourself sorted get this podcast out because the world is going to love it so mate I'm pleased you're pleased you're here in this space finally brilliant so in terms of uh, in terms of an intro we've spoken a little bit about you your your founder of Reeve Social Media we can go on a bit more detail about that but give us a bit of a background on on you Chris for people that don't already follow you don't already connect with you well I've got well I have fingers in many different pies to be very Honestly, I'm part of a uh, a really popular uh, Norwich City uh, podcast, which is one of the biggest fan channels in the country. Um, and we just pump out football content that's niche down to Norwich City week in, week out. Um, I do that with my, uh, my 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 best mate and colleague Jack Reed, which I really really love and enjoy. Um, I am a social media um, pro. I spend all of my time on it constantly um, for both businesses and building personal brands as well. I'm really passionate about helping people. I'm really passionate about helping local charities, but genuinely passionate. I, I do it. I do good for goodness sake. And, and that's probably the reason why I've got to where I've got to. Um, so yeah, I just really, really enjoy helping people. Um, that's where I get my buzz. I don't get my buzz off uh, vanity metrics like likes and shares and, and Instagram comments. Um, but yeah, no, that's a bit 
bit of background about me. I absolutely love the gym. I, I, fitness is um, one of the most important uh, elements in my life. Funnily enough, with the whole coronavirus situation, I'm, at, I'm actually running. I'm actually doing cardio, which is, uh, which is an interesting, uh, which is kind of quite interesting. Um, but yeah, and no, I started the gym a few years ago. And, um, you know, what, one of the reasons why I started going, Cole, was um, my mum passed of uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer in 2007. And a big part of it is uh, dealing with grief and uh, being able to, um, you know, use that as petrol to, to pour on your fire and say, no, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym and this is my way of being fulfilled. This is the way of uh, making me achieve something. And, um, and quite frankly, I'm sure we'll go into it, Cole, you know, um, because of that, um, it, it's, it's kind of a boost button for the business side of things. Um, because going to the gym early in the morning um, and then, you know, riding into the days is, is totally my cup of tea. But basically, um, I do a lot of social media management um, and I love helping people and I'm into my football. Yeah, I think that sums you up quite nicely, Chris. And there's, there's, there's so much detail within that and we can go into to each area and turn throughout the, 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 this conversation. And the, the first area that I would probably want to explore would be that background in social media, but also the kind of roles that you did around that which led you to there because it wasn't maybe a straight line because maybe you're doing it on the side at times as well and I think people find what you learned in those other roles valuable for maybe roles that they do at the moment or places they want to go. Everyone is afraid of failing and um, I think it's the it's actually the biggest cancer of society today is you know that that fear of failure and um, for me I've always crossed things off rather than ticking things and, um, you know, trialing and testing and falling and failing and being told no and being told I can't. And, and, um, but the, the consistent thing across all my roles, as you've said, Carl, is, um, you know, ha always being involved in social media and always, always having this ability to, to build accounts and, you know, help people get on BBC news, uh, help people make 25 grand in three days by selling cheese. You know, that, that's the sort of thing that I can do. Um, and yeah, like for me, it's, it was very much a side hustle. I started, um, I started doing social media freelance on the side at 16 years old. Uh, didn't have any business acumen, but I knew how to run accounts at that point. And I think, you know, not, not only, you know, having the ability to not be afraid of failure, but also uh, having, having the ability to commit to just doing a side hustle and having multiple streams of income is so important. So, you know, if anyone's listening to this now that is, not just in the fitness space, but it doesn't really matter what space you're in. I think it's a really sensible thing to start to think, right, how can I make some money on the side um, in other areas of my life? And it doesn't need to be big dollar. It just needs to be stuff that pays the bills. Just put some money on the table. You know, it might pay for your, for your season ticket at Rangers Carl. It might pay for uh, your gym membership. But just thinking, right, how can I help people? How can I solve people's problems? And honestly, if you committed an hour extra on top of your nine to five every day, it makes one hell of a difference. But, you know, my background is um, I, I used to work at the football club in the marketing department, North City, that was. Um, and then I went into uh, the recruitment space, which is in interesting. Uh, I didn't have the heart to, um, to not let people um, have opportunities uh, just because they had a D in maths. That really frustrated me because if they had the right skill set. I would put them up for a role, which uh, kind of got me in trouble, but that's just the way I roll. So kind of fell out that tree quite quickly um, and then literally just climbed up the, the agency ladder um, and yeah, probably worked with in excess of 150 different businesses and personal brands now within the last three years. 
um, and honestly just absolutely loved it. What are some of the key themes then when it comes to growing a social media account? Because one of the most asked questions of everyone that's got some sort of following is how did you grow your page? And sometimes it's luck, sometimes there's a, there's a, an approach to it, but for somebody that's done it multiple times over hundreds of times, what are the kind of key things that you, you would do? Well, first and foremost, um, I just want to say like everyone's got the ability to learn this. You know, I, I, every time I go to the gym or go out on a run, I've always got a podcast on a lot of people listen to bangers and that's fine. I, I respect that. Um, you know, um, by the way, go and check out uh, Revo Radio on Spotify for some uh, for some good bangers. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get them on in the gym. Anyway, um, no, so anyone can learn um, how to grow a social media account. It just takes time and commitment and dedication, a hundred percent. But one of the things that you know I, I've learned along the way, um, having met, having had the honour of meeting um, the great Gary Vaynerchuk, who everyone knows. Um, and if you don't know, you're missing a trick. Um, and he has a great phrase, which I absolutely live and breathe by, which is documenting and not creating. Having that mindset of documenting your journey, your process, your life, and not be too bothered about creating this perfect 10 out of 10 piece of content. Everyone's obsessed with creating the perfect Instagram caption, Cole. And, and actually, no one really cares about that. Everyone cares about you genuinely giving value. And if you're giving value day in, day out, documenting your process and being consistent that's way better than spending a week writing the perfect caption to then be disheartened by the fact that it's only been liked by 26 people it looked like it really doesn't matter so getting yourself in the mindset when it comes to growing a social media account it doesn't matter whether you're in the b2b market b2c whether you're a personal trainer constantly give value and and, and be honest with yourself and say right i'm putting this instagram account out Am I weeing everywhere? I have this terminology called weeing everywhere. Everyone wees everywhere. We do this. We're the best at that. We have the number one accountants in the world. We are the best PT agency. And it's like, no one cares. It's not about you. It's all about your listener. Let the market decide. Let the market decide what content is the best to put out. You know, at the end of the day, you might feel good for putting a picture out of you with your six pack of abs. But actually, if it's not giving value to your audience, there's absolutely no point. Yeah, I think that's huge. And one of the key things I learned initially with growing socials was with each post that you post, does it tick one of four or five boxes? And the boxes that I would always tick were either to motivate, to inspire, to educate, to inform, or just, or just to entertain, because that's allowed as well. It could be, it could be that I put up a, a photo of me on holiday with a six pack and I put a caption that's relatively funny. And that's, that's giving value in another way. And then there's other ways that, if I, if I write a long post about how best to fit your training in around a busy work schedule, that's giving value. But posting every day is important a lot of the time when you're trying to grow, but also posting something good because it's not just a case of throwing enough shit at the wall and hoping that some yeah. of it registers. It's a case of, I'd like to post impact after impact after impact. And that's, that's hopefully why I, although I've not got the world's biggest following, I've got a following that's quite engaged and the reaction to the podcast probably shows that so far because people are like, not thousands of people aren't tuning in, tens of thousands of people aren't tuning in, but the hundreds that are, are coming back to me and my, my inbox and my WhatsApp have never been so full off the back of posting something. <laughs> and that's, that's where I'm motivated by impact rather than, um, wide and shallow narrow and deep a hundred percent and and actually if you think about this from a business's perspective Carl, if you're looking at let's just say for example you are a, a personal trainer or, or a fitness influencer 
you know, I, and I can say through running an influencer, you know, agency m myself is that actually people are way more interested. Businesses are way more interested in engagement and their influencers genuinely representing their brand in the right way versus having a hundred thousand Instagram followers. I would rather, and I know businesses would rather work with someone with 10 K followers on Instagram that's giving value and, and actually providing impact than someone with a hundred thousand followers that's just posting a picture of them with a top off. So, you know, that's really important. You know, there's loads of tools for you to be able to keep up with it. And um, I'm a huge fan of buffer where I actually spend every Sunday, a couple of hours every Sunday, I write all of my captions for the week, all of my content for the week. And then I don't need to think about it during the week. Really. The only thing I need to think about is engaging. And this is the other thing, Col, is everyone posts a picture on Instagram and they think, yep, great. That's that. I've done social media now. Full stop. No, no, no. It's actually really important to spend the majority of your time engaging and not publishing. So for example, going on other people's pages and asking questions and commenting and you know making someone's day you know spreading spreading good vibes and positivity and you know saying well done to someone and it, it's those dents that makes the difference it's those dents that actually create good relationships and good contacts for you not posting so you know don't get too stressed about posting every day you know see see how often you can post it's, it's optimum of course to post every day but if you can't then you know be sure to set yourself a target of Personally, with myself, I always connect with five new people a day on LinkedIn. I always message at least five people a day on Instagram that I don't know. That way, I'm building my contact list all the time. And that's the way that you need to see it is, you know, it's way more important. It's a tool. You know, it's social media is all about being social, of course. It's not just, it's not a, it's not a notice board. It's not a vanity board where you just, it's not a calendar shot. You know, it's, it's, it's way more than that. And people spend a lot of time moaning about it. But if you look a bit deeper, uh, about it you know you can get so much value from it to choose just one thing from that knowledge drop there <laughs> it would it, it would be that value piece where you're talking about adding value to other people's pages as well in terms of engaging with them making yeah. their day because you, you see that on some people's posts where they're they're they have they have maybe they get 200 likes but they have like 150 comments and that shows that the people who are liking it are also contributing to the, to, to the, to the post they're, they're engaging on it as well. And I'd much rather see that than see 600 likes and two comments because yeah. it, it takes a lot more for somebody to uh, put their, put their thumbs in the keypad and type a type a message than it takes for them yeah. to double tap because I, I, you'll know what it's like sometimes when you're in consumption mode, you are just going down the feed, double like tap. anything. Likes don't mean anything, Cole. This is the exact reason why Instagram is going to be taking likes away. They don't mean anything. People just aimlessly, mindlessly just drop people a like. It doesn't mean anything. Comments over likes all day long. And I think another thing that's just come to my mind in terms of growing accounts is it's so important to, um, you know, show vulnerability. And that's an important, you know, part of my world anyways. Being, be, not being afraid to open up and say, I'm struggling with this at the moment. Does anyone have any, have any uh, tips or tricks? Or, you know, you don't have to be this big macho man or this perfect woman that knows everything about everything, you know, showing that vulnerability will create trust with your audience and also doing collaborations is an extremely important element of growing social media accounts calls. So for me, I was kind of just posting and posting and I was probably, you know, just in terms of one particular account, I was going at it for two years and it wasn't really growing. And as soon as we, uh, we started a, a podcast and started collaborating with guests and going up the ladder of getting bigger and better guests, 
that's when it came in and that's when the shares come in. So, you know, actually spending your time creating some kind of almost content partnerships with different people within your sector, sharing each other's content, commenting on each other's content, doing Instagram lives is, is incredible right now. That's an extremely valuable space to be, to be executing in and also not, not narrowing yourself down to a certain platform. So people just focus on Instagram and they spend about two months with consistent on uh, on Instagram and then they go, oh, right, well, I've tried that and I've only got 100 followers, so I'm going to give up. Well, that's just ridiculous. You know, it's taken me sometimes two or three years to grow accounts before they pop. And literally, when I say pop, I mean I'm monetizing these accounts now. So you've got to stay in it for the long game. Social media isn't a short game. It's not, um, you know, you can't just make money from it straight away. A lot of people start Instagram accounts or they, they post fitness pictures and then they expect brands to come to them. There's this real arrogance about that. First of all, they're not going to come to you. You know, it's very rare. You need to actually put yourself out there to them. So create a media deck, show your value, give them examples of your content, but patience, patience, patience. Another great term that Gary Vaynerchuk says is, is jab, jab, right hook. Yep. Meaning your, your jabs is giving value, giving value, giving value. And your right hook might be asking someone if you can go on their podcast or asking someone if they would um, sponsor a post or asking someone if, they, if you could represent their brand. But don't be afraid to ask questions. There have been a massive reasons why I've been able to grow social accounts, including my own, which is Chris Revo, shameless plug, is I'm not afraid to actually just ask people, just DM people and ask them questions and say, can I come on this with you? Can I come on your podcast? Can we do this bit of content together? I think, you know, I'd love to get a quote from you that there's so much to do. And in terms of being worried about giving out valuable content, that's a myth as well. Like that's just an excuse for not, for not executing. There is so many different ways you can give value. As you've said, Cole, you know, entertaining people is fantastic. I call it edutaining people. Okay. Yep. So if every single one of your posts is either educating or entertaining or both, that's the sweet spot, you'll be absolutely fine. But go online and get stats. If you're in the fitness industry, get stats on the fitness industry. Get stats on the amount of injuries caused by people that aren't lifting weights properly. Get stats on the obesity rate in the UK. Get that You could go facts and figures. It's not, it doesn't have to be all about you. It can actually be going out and getting quotes from other people, if that makes sense. That was, that, that, that was, that was a brilliant, uh, brilliant segment there, Chris, in terms of there's so much to that that we can go into a bit more depth on and for me and a lot of the listeners who work in the corporate world and perhaps business development as well this jab jab right hook approach from Gary Vaynerchuk which resonated with me a lot is relevant to how you work as well it's not just relevant to growing an Instagram or growing a LinkedIn or growing a, a Facebook whatever platform you're on it's relevant for me in my in my emails as well so when I'm emailing businesses to open the door I'm not always asking for their business to start with. You don't, you haven't earned the right. So you have to provide value. And it's funny you talk about stats. A lot of our structure to how we contact people is initially opening up with a stat about their industry or their customer base, because we have that information from our customers who are in their segment already. And we share something with them that opens up and says, and a lot of the time they might be aware of that stat. And then we'll make a comment about how that affects it from our perspective because you're then demonstrating your value and how you understand that so for the people that are listening that have no interest in growing a social media which i fully appreciate that there might be some people out there that don't but you can translate this approach into other aspects of your life as well whether it's work even in your friendships give value to your friends before asking for them to 
do something for you sometimes. And I think we see this during this COVID period where sometimes people are um, taking, taking, taking and not realizing that they have to give, give, give first. On, the, on that note, Carl, that was awesome, man. I think um, for, for me, actually, I, I have, a ta- I have a, say, a tactic. This, it's not really a tactic. It's just being a good guy. I, I do something called thought, Saw This Thought of You, which is a really easy way of giving value. So if you're scrolling the internet or you're scrolling social media and you see something that you think, oh, that could be a value to that guy, or that could be a value to, to Carl who I spoke with last week, or, oh, what about that? That would really help them. Literally just grab the link chuck it on a dm and all you need to write is saw this thought of you that's it it's so easy and on the topic of you know selling so to speak and you know um asking questions of course you have to give value first and this is where patience you know tap the patience break and and have a have a strategy of you know providing you know three four five pieces of value but before you before you do it i mean on on average it takes someone seven touch points before they make a purchasing decision you know this is a an industry-wide you know stat that you need to be aware of so it might take you seven or eight emails or seven or eight instagram dms of giving value of giving value and so many people within the corporate world carl and you will know this as well as as a top professional yourself is people are trying to get in bed with people on the first day it's a bit of a crude way of saying it right but if you go to a bar and you go up to a chick and you say oh do you want to do you want to go back to my place straight away she's going to go well, what the hell? Of course, you don't do that. You know, you buy them a drink. You ask them about their life. You buy them another drink. You might say, actually, oh, why don't you come and watch the football with me in another week? Or, oh, why don't we go for another? You don't, you can't just jump in on the first date. That makes sense. So that that can be applied to both growing social accounts uh, and also um, in a business situation. I know it's a bit of a crude example, but I'm sure people will understand that. It will resonate. It will resonate. And sometimes storytelling is another big thing, isn't it, in terms of, bringing things to life with anecdotes. And I certainly find that through Instagram stories. So you can relate it to sometimes um, you can use an example from your own life and relate it back to, to either fitness or, or, or sales. And last year I was in a fortunate position where I bought my first property and I tried to tell the story of del- delayed gratification because when you're saving three, four, 500 pounds a month, however much you're saving to try and get your deposit, you're not getting the gratification from that money that you would maybe get if you used it to go out on the lash or you used it to buy uh, new clothes every weekend or um, going out for dinner with your girlfriend to the most expensive place possible every single weekend. Instead, that money is going away and being stored up in a fund, which will give you gratification further down the line when you're able to get hold of an asset. So for me, I kind of told the story of I was saving X amount for... 24 months, two years. And I wasn't getting the gratification from that cash each month that I would normally get. But when I looked at the fund at the end of it and I was able to put down a significant deposit on a property that I always wanted, then the gratification hit me. And it's the same for those that perhaps in the fitness perspective, they, they, they save those 400 calories a day across a week. And it turns out that puts them in a deficit in order to lose weight and get the six pack they want, whatever, whatever you want to do. These things add up that kind of small sacrifices over a period of time where you're not getting the instant gratification. You're maybe not having the donut in the office every day for, for six weeks, but turns out at the end of the six weeks, you go on holiday and everyone loses their mind at how good you look. <laughs> it's honestly, you're, you're so right. It's so, it's, it's so cool to save money. I mean, 
since when did it become this this cool thing of just going out and getting getting destroyed every single weekend and going in the most expensive places i mean for example you know the, the way i tend to work is i'm actually a bit of a loser dur- during the majority of the year Carl. i don't really go out that much but then in the summer i go to new york and go and eat in all the expensive restaurants or go to dubai and go and eat in all the expensive restaurants and that's not any yes that's a bit of a humble brag but what i'm trying to say is you know think about things be planting seeds for the future that's a super important part of you know the personally the way i work is i have a bit of a framework for my my daily activity which is red green and blue tasks now you know time management is a is another topic we could go in but for me i'm always doing so my red tasks call are things that i have to do each day for example unload the dishwasher or do the laundry or you know, Hoover House, all the monotonous, boring admin tasks, yeah? This could be broken down in the, in the business space as well. So it could be emails, it could be um, hosting meetings. Um, and then in the fitness world, your your red task would, would be, well, I'm going to just, I don't know, I'm going to go to the gym or have a protein shake, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas you then move into your green task, Carl, which are actually, these are tasks that will help you um help you help you win in perhaps three or four months time so these might be if you're in the fitness space and we talk about instagram accounts this might be messaging five people with value and then hopefully in five months time they then become a good contact of yours you might be able to go on a podcast etc that's planting seeds for five months time that's your green stuff your blue stuff call is something that you do every single day that helps improve your life in a year's time so again in, in business this might be writing a massive great big long blog for absolutely no reason apart from the fact that it gives value and you'll be able to use it to actually send to someone a big like for a big deal or something in a year's time again in the fitness space this might be i don't know it might be writing out a nutrition um like a nutrition plan or something like that, that that you can use in a year's time. And everyone is constantly focused on the short term. And, you know, I think the real winners of of the, certainly the fitness space, um, they're not just thinking about going to the gym tomorrow and, and, you know, smashing the weights. Like they're they're actually thinking strategically about where they're going to be next year. What job are they going to be in? um, And therefore, what do they need to train now to make sure that they're in the best physical shape for that scenario next year? And so for me personally, you know, I recently uh, made the big switch from uh, training. Uh, I thought it was a big switch anyway. You might disagree, Cole, which was I used to train in the evenings all the time. And the problem with training in the evenings for me personally was that I was pumped full of testosterone. So I couldn't get to sleep early. So my sleep was really badly suffering. And I've, I've learned recently that you really do need to focus on your sleep anyway. I then recently decided, right, well, I've got a new job. I've got a new uh, opportunity here. Um, I'm going to start to train in the morning. Now, yes, it was painful for the first week. Um, you know, I, I wake up at five in the morning every single weekday and I'm, I'm exercising by six o'clock. I'm finishing at seven. But then I'm pumped full of the right testosterone for work, which gives me confidence in the business development situation rather than dragging through uh, the work day like a coal bag of shit. Sorry to swear. Oops, there you go. There's no ad revenue for you there, Cole. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so you have to think about your gym from a bigger picture, you know, your fitness, sorry, from, from a bigger picture point of view. That, that, that's the point I'm trying to make. I think that's a really, really strong point. And I know people that respond brilliantly to training in the morning, like yourself, who sets himself up for the day to win, gets out of the way, the evening training was having a negative impact. Maybe you're having caffeine too late in the day, mate. You were full of those endorphins from training and your sleep was terrible. 
and you that switch has has been a benefit. Again, on the flip side, I do know people that maybe they look forward to training in the evening. It kind of gets them through work when they're not as passionate about their job. And I, I'm, I, although I'm very passionate about my job, I do sometimes I do tend to prefer training in the evening because I look forward to it, and I, it's quite good from a social aspect. You see the same people, but in the morning. I will go for a walk instead. So I'm, I'm kind of getting some of those endorphins in terms of I'm setting myself up for the day, but it's not with the same way that you are. But you can see the benefit it's had for you. Anyone that follows you on Instagram can see the, the energy and the positivity that you have, despite obviously getting up very early. You're coming into that office like a, a hurricane of positivity, which is fantastic. Or, or you're starting your own job as, as, a, as, a, as a kind of like a tornado of positivity, whatever term you want to use, a storm is coming and it's, and it's coming from a, a good place as well. But that's what sets you apart, Cole, from the rest of the pack. And, you know, I think that's really important is, okay, yeah, you, you're right. You know, training evening might be nice for you to get through the working day. To be honest with you, I think that mindset sucks balls. I think if, you're, if you've got the mindset of getting through the working day, you're in the wrong job, you need to quit your job and you need to do something different. For me, making that switch from evening to morning has supercharged my day. As you've rightly said, Colin, I'm having less caffeine and just thinking about things in bigger picture again and thinking, actually, you know what? If I switch to the morning and I end up having less coffee, which means I'm spending less on coffee, which means, hang on a minute, how much money could I save by having one less coffee every day for a year? Which means, hang on a minute, I'm now investing not only in my supercharged hormones in the morning, but I'm also investing in going out and smashing, you know, um, DC 10 and Ibiza in the summer, you know, that I'm actually making it the most incredible night by not having that extra coffee in the morning because of the fact that I'm training, which is giving me the hormones to supplement that. So yes, I think, you know, I respect people that go to the gym in the evening, but I would urge you to consider, you know, what can, can you be more clever with your time? You know, can you, can you use the gym as almost like a tool to have less caffeine and, and, and a tool of almost investing is, is a really, there's so much more to the gym than what most people think. Most people think that, you know, going to the gym is all about, you know, just getting big and all this stuff. And I quickly realized after about a year and a half of just fucking around and um, constantly training abs, which to be fair has paid off. But, you know, it, <laughs> it, I, ended up, I ended up just being like, right, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be big anymore. I actually really want to be really clever with this. Let's get lean. Now let's use the gym to help me save money. Let's use the gym to supercharge my day at work which means I earn more money, which means I can go to a better gym. And it's basically, Cole, I'm a massive believer in self-psychology and getting yourself on a positive spiral rather than a negative spiral. And, you know, I know that was a bit ranty, but I think for anyone that's like getting through the working day or looking forward to the gym in the evening because my job sucks, like get a new job. <laughs> Seriously, life's not worth it. Like life's not worth, uh, you know, it's, it, when we haven't got long on planet earth Cole. like we really haven't got long so stop wasting your time like I, i've got this fantastic um graph which i'll try and send to you for you to share with your audience and uh, what it is is it's a very simple diagram of you you know you're born you're zero years old and then the average age the, the average life expectancy in the in the uk is 80 years old Okay, now you get your first job, say conversation sake, when you're maybe the average is maybe between 18 and 20. Say you go to uni or something like that, you get your first job. And then the average retirement age now is what, 65? Like, it's and going really, up. It's, and going up, mate, exactly. So then that means that you've only got 15 years before your brown bread, dead. So what is the, what, like, you've really seriously got to start flipping this mindset of, 
oh, I, I only kind of, you know, I look forward to the gym in the evenings because it gets me through the day. Like, come on, you're not here for long. It's so much bigger picture than that. Yeah, I think that was pretty powerful. And you can see the passion that you have for that, but also the positive impact it's had from a case study perspective on yourself. And yeah, that's that, that, that was fantastic, Chris. And I'll, yeah, I'll make sure to share that, that graph with the, with the audience. But I think you've uh, described it quite nicely as well in terms of if you're going to be spending from the age of 20 through to 65 working, you need to do something which stimulates you the vast majority of the time. Don't get me wrong. Everyone has days at work when they find challenging and they struggle yeah. because if, if, if it was always easy, then you probably wouldn't make very much money or you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a particular success because anyone could do it. Even people that aren't um, maybe as uh, invested in their skill set or their mindset as, as, as you are. And for me, it always comes down to, if you're spending 40, 50 hours a week on something and often more than that, if you include commute and travel and after work events, networking, whatever it is you do, there needs to be a real enjoyment to it. Otherwise, like you say, up and leave, do something else. We're, we're, we're in an age now where there is a lot of opportunity to work for yourself and appreciate that's, that's something that you do. I'm very happy in the corporate space, but also I'm very happy that I've found the right role in the corporate space. It's not a case Correct. of every corporate job being being right and there's always been periods where you look at what you do and you think I could be happier elsewhere but likewise if you have done numerous different corporate jobs and you not find the right one maybe the answer is work for yourself in a passion you care about that you can monetize yeah I totally agree Uh, I think you know it depends on your scenario it depends on on what you value so for me everyone was Everyone for years for me was like, you need to start a business. You have to start a business. You have to do this. You have to do it. I'm like, actually, you know what? I, I, need, I need a bit of lifestyle. I, ca- I can't completely know life it. So for me, having the ability to go home after a day at work and actually switch off was, was actually quite appealing. So, you know, I want to be kind of honest and say, you know, I'm talking a good game. And obviously, I've, you know, I've now started my, my own business. But, you know, it's taken me probably five or six years at least to pluck up the courage slash get the balls to do it but the point is is that it was an easier transition for me Cole because I was doing side projects I was running businesses social media accounts I was obviously you know going to the gym I was you know partnering with machine and all of these different wee bits and bobs just to try and move different things forward to create opportunities for myself yeah absolutely you you invest in that side hustle in order to enable you long term for it to become the, a natural step to work for yourself and you didn't dip your toe in the water you probably dipped your full foot in the water and maybe your leg as well and now you're now your whole body's in because you've you, you've kind of had that experience to give you the confidence to go listen I'm, I'm ready for this and that's that's brilliant and it's great to hear the the role that fitness plays within that because like myself you don't your income doesn't come from being in fantastic shape or being the biggest guy in the in the gym with the, the best arms or the best abs, whatever it is, it comes from a, a, another space where you're paid to do a, a job well. So fitness cannot just be about just looks and just performance. It's got to be about what it does for your life outside of that. And it's clear to see that it, it plays a big role for you in there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It always starts off as vanity. I think for, for most people, they say, you know, they, they start going to the gym because, 
they they want to look better to like get some hot chicks and stuff and you know i'll be honest with you that's the way it started for me i was like right i need to get a six pack because i'm not a big guy you know i'm, I'm not that good looking so let's get let's get a six pack and then that will help me and then eventually i cottoned on to the fact that actually this is a this is a much more important role in my life than than just looks if that makes sense so yeah i think you've nailed it there Carl. 100 percent yeah don't get me wrong i feel more confident walking into the office of a high-level financial director a business that turns over 50 million pounds because i'm in shape and that's that might not be the same for everyone but it, it plays a role for me but the the other benefit to it is that i put my body through strain and stress the endorphins that i get from it and knowing that i can tax myself on a daily basis more often under a weight that scares me translates over to maybe making the phone call that people don't want to make or sending an email reply back to somebody that's been really curt to you, but still being polite and knowing that, knowing that long-term I'm going to try and add value to this business. And there's so many transferable skills from a fitness perspective that move across into, into your, the, the business world and your career. And um, that's one of the reasons that we get on so well, because we both utilize that, I think. Uh, definitely. And, and the one thing, and I was actually listening to uh, Jake Humphrey's new high performance podcast um, great friend of mine um, and you know we were talking about how um you know one of the things he says is about fitness in the gym is there's a thing in the gym where you go to failure if that makes sense like that's a very common term everyone knows that right but why not take go to failure in the real world in the business world yeah so why not push yourself to the absolute limit where you're failing and see that as a massive massive positive because in the gym going to failure is like brilliant like fan, fantastic you know i pick up the the 25 kgs and I, and I managed to do you know three curls and i'm like oh brilliant i've done to failure now I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing with that and why not take that into into the real world why not take that into the world of i'm going to send 10 messages to 10 randomers and i'm going to do it till i fail i'm going to do it till someone tells me to fuck off i'm going to do it you know i'm going to call 10 people i'm going to uh, you know, I'm going to do this at work. I'm going to, you know, do things to failure. Like failure should see, be seen as a massive positive. Like I need to make that really clear to people. And I do think that there is a, there is a, a, a sad world of this online thing of looking like the perfect person. But I have got so much more respect for people that publicize their shortcomings, their failings, their vulnerability, uh, talking about mental health. And, you know, not everyone is this positive beast. So, you know, even for someone like myself, where I'm talking about mental health and positivity and how to, you know, uh, use self-psychology to your advantage on my Instagram stories. At the same time, I'm also saying every uh, anniversary that my that, that my mum's died or, you know, at Christmas time when everyone's with their family and my mum's not here and all of those big occasions, I'll cry to the camera. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that for, you know, any sort of... Uh, sick no or, or sorry or or thing I'm, I'm doing it because i i feel that passionate call about people showing vulnerability because it helps you not only in the gym but also in the workplace and let's go into that gym thing about showing vulnerability if you can't lift the weight like i've trained with you call before in norwich and you actually actually smashed me to smithereens and you know i wasn't afraid to say to you mate like i'm really impressed by the fact that you're you're doing i think we were uh doing some um some pull downs wide grip pull downs i was like mate i'm really sorry i'm not as strong as you but i'm okay with that because i'm, I'm doing half of that and i'm quite content with that so i think 
you know, just remember when you're when you're in the gym about that as well. I think it's it's quite an important um, element that I'm trying to get through to people at the moment is uh, show vulnerability. Yeah, that's a, that's a it's a huge theme that it's coming more and more to the fore in the for males in particular because. I, I recently saw on Facebook, and I think um, you would have seen it as well, Chris, where it was talking about the male suicide rate and that that's continued to climb because we have this culture where guys don't speak about these things. Now, I'm not somebody that would, would ever say that I've um, suffered significantly with a diagnosed mental health uh, challenge or condition, whatever the, the, the best term is. But there are times when you need to speak about the challenges that you have that maybe aren't yeah. diagnosed depression, but they like you're having dark thoughts and you're having challenges and people like yourself who are talking about the, when, and showing the vulnerability that can only help with the macho image that you would maybe think from a oh, guy with a six pack and, and big biceps that trains six days a week and runs a podcast. He's smashing it. Like that's not what this is. It's it, there's, there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes and the vulnerability that you show openly is really important. And, having conversations that are real and not just virtue signaling, like you say, where, you know, you, you know, the type of person and the type of influencer that would cry on camera for likes, but the, that's not what this is. It's more about, listen, we need to have these conversations and they're yeah. important for everyone's mental health and everyone's well-being that we come out and speak about these things. I, I, I think off the back of this COVID crisis, we should see a little bit more of that. That's. Um, yeah actually deep rather than just done for for the social media gratification and i'm I've, I've got some hopes that off the back of this we'll see a more positive world as well i know as as, as, a, as wishy-washy as that sounds I, I i do sincerely mean that not really i don't think it's wishy-washy at all i think it, i think it's real talk i think um boys and blokes are particularly poor at, at showing it we 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 fall victim to this uh, Instagram vanity culture of, you know, looking like this big macho man that's standing under the light. So our muscles look bigger and all of this stuff. And, uh, and, and honestly, I promise you that, you know, sh- you know, opening up to people, you can't, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. And when you open up your arms and say, I don't know how to do this, this, this might just be, for example, me training with you, Cole, you know, in Norwich, when I said, Cole, I don't actually know, how to use this machine or call. I've actually never done this exercise before. That's what I call the growth zone. That's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. That's where you improve. Stop pretending you're, that you're this perfect human because it's, it's just complete bullshit. It's not real. It's not, you'll never improve from that. You'll never get by with that. And I promise you, people will like you more. They will have more respect for you and they will trust you more if you open yourself up to these discussions. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to, you know, talk about, you know, mental health or i don't really want to do that that's okay but i'm just trying to say you know please just try and open yourself up because that's the growth zone that's where you'll improve that's your that's your middle kind of seed that you're planting for a year's time is 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 by opening up it's just it's such an important thing 100 percent. of course it's it's so important and to comment on just one area of, of that where we're talking about us training together i have a lot more respect for you based on you saying oh wait, how does like uh, maybe you're not comfortable with that machine or maybe you don't want to use that weight and I would have had a lot more res- I have a lot more respect for you doing that rather than you putting the same weight on and just trying to swing it about and 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 not being confident because ultimately you came out and you say that growth zone you came out with maybe better form on that movement than you would have had if you hadn't said something to me and 
maybe you might have caused yourself an injury if you'd use the same weight because you hadn't held that before. And ultimately, like it, the, the, the proof is in the pudding with your physique where you've continued to progress it since, since, since that day. And there was, there was no shame. And I, I don't remember having a feeling of, oh, I can't believe Chris can't do that. It wasn't that at all. It was a case of, oh, brilliant. Well, this is how I do it at the moment. And you, 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 you'll, get, you'll get there too because you're going to put in the effort to do the same with the, with the right approach. And sometimes showing our vulnerability, I said there was no judgment or looking down from people. And if somebody does that to you, then maybe you're around the wrong kind of associates. Whereas yeah. you and I had a dynamic where, no, it's not a problem. Like let's let's let, let's work on that, or let's 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 move forward in, in, in the best way possible for both of us. And that again comes down to you sometimes who you surround yourself with as well. I think that's massively important, Carl. I call I call it a, I call it a circle. Having a good circle of people around you is is absolutely essential. People are hanging around with the wrong people. People are hanging around still with people that are going to the gym with them that are taking the piss out of them for not being able to lift a certain weight or for sweating too much or for, you know, listening to podcasts whilst they're working out. Like, it's so lame. Like, you need to be surrounding yourself with a good circle, strong circle, might be a small circle, might be two or three people that raise your game. Only hang around with people that raise your game make the decision during the covid uh, virus here's a bit of a curveball thought why not use this opportunity to actually you know sh- shave your circle and, and you know and actually cut away for some people that are, that are giving you negative vibes that are that they're not raising your game they're just taking from you you turn up to the gym with them and all they do is they spend their time on their phone taking the piss out of you and you know you know publishing sarcastic instagram stories or you know that's not who you want to be around with you want to be in that growth zone with people that are constantly raising your game and for me you know a nice little kind of training hack for me is a lot of people love training on their own and i really enjoy training on my own but i make the effort every single month to train with someone new if i can or at least with someone that's you know so ridiculously positive in the gym and um, so, you know, training with all sorts of different people. Like I've trained with a guy, a uh, really well-known local influencer to me called Hench Herbivore. Now, he's a huge geezer, quite a popular YouTuber, um, mass, massive, massive vegan. And he really challenged my mindset in both my nutrition, but also, you know, on a whole new level in the gym in terms of what he puts in. So that's really important. So you don't have to train on your own, pretend you know it all, you know, get yourself in the growth zone, throw yourself in the deep end, ask some big, bold, brave questions, pay 20 pounds to, to, for, for a PT. No one knows it all. No one knows it all. All of these popular YouTubers, they don't know it all either. So yeah, that was a bit, that was a bit ranty, but it's, it's massively important. That's, that's why I am the way I am. That's how I've got to where I've got to by opening up, showing vulnerability, asking questions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate you. You think that comes across a bit ranty, but it's because the passion's there, and it is a really powerful point where we definitely don't know all. In in the fitness space, I will regularly still be asking people questions despite lifting weights for over ten years and probably being in the top ten percent of like shape of people in the gym. When I go into every gym, I'll, I'll probably be in the top ten percent of people there. But again, I don't know all and there's so much for me to learn and likewise in in business development i've despite my young age i've had a good career in in some respects i've won some i've had some big wins big contracts but i am constantly deferring to other people in terms of how i level up i'm listening to sales podcasts i'm listening to webinars with other sales professionals i'm reaching out to people within my business that 
that, that have done better than me in previous years, that are a bit more experienced. And there's no shame in doing that. And I think to give a fitness example, it's like a, you sometimes see personal trainers getting a coach either for them to grow their business or to work on their own physique. And there should be no stigma around that at all because Agreed. Preach. you've got somebody that's got the roadmap for success and you just need to implement it in your own way, in your own style with you, with as much effort as possible, then go ahead and do that. That's a, that, that's a huge thing. And when it comes to growing social media, I, 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 def, I deferred to you for six, seven months and I saw the most growth that, that I had and you, you were a huge help in, in, in that respect. And for you now to be doing that on a, on a full-time scale is quite exciting for you, I imagine. Yeah, very, very, very. I, that's a really, really important point. I think, you know, uh, always knowing that you're not complete. You're, no one's perfect. Always go hunting for the new thing. And actually, it's keeping up. It's innovating. So in this gym sector, for example, there's, there's always a different exercise to learn. There's always a different variation. There's always someone that did it different. What about going back in history and seeing how athletes in history have, have made their bodies the way they've made them? And why did they make their bodies that way? why not spend your time um, working out how swimmers um, work out and what do they do in the gym? Because then maybe that opens you up to a very specific market that you could dominate. So you, you don't have to be all things to all men, so to speak, Carl. You could actually specialize in training people within a very, very specific sector. That's how you could win. And um, for me, I don't know everything about social media. I'm constantly trying to keep up and investing time in looking and listening and learning from other people. And sometimes I think they're complete wankers, but I listen to their podcast to understand, to hear them out, to see what angle they're coming from, to try and develop myself. You, you know, you, you've got to be constantly spending time every single week listening and learning from other people. It's, it's absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Yeah, just another, another huge learning point from this podcast, hopefully, for people. And one of, one of many, hopefully, as well. I guess when it comes to your career, Chris, we've spoken about the benefit of, of, of fitness. We've spoken about the fact that you're going out on your, on your own now with your own business after a number of years with it being a side hustle and you're working on it. What are your main goals and aims with Reeve Social Media and what are you hoping to accomplish? Wow, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know what? Um, first, first and foremost, uh, I'm not going to lie. I need to get through the next six months because of the coronavirus. <laughs> So um, putting some food on the table for six months would be nice. Um, but my, my ambition is to is to grow it into an agency where, you know, I mean, my, my kind of tagline, so to speak, is, is I work with masters of their crafts, Cole. So I work with the, the cream of the crop, the best of the best. These are people that have spent their lives dedicated to a specific industry. Quite often they're, they're one man or one woman band, so to speak. So recently I've just signed a, a luxury boutique brand that, that are based in here in here in East Anglia. And, you know, they've been doing it the same way for years. If they don't innovate, they'll die. So, you know, I, I want to grow the business. I'm really quite keen on that. And, you know, just going back to the last point, which, is, you know, sorry to do this, is um, that's why it's so important to listen to podcasts and invest in personal, but actually invest in personal development. So by not having my coffees every morning, Cole, for a year, I could afford to pay for a sales coach. Now, once I invested my time in a sales coach, Last year, I ended up making over £100,000 in, in revenue for, for another agency um, from absolutely nothing, from knowing barely anything about sales. And, and all that was is just making that decision to not buy coffees every morning 
and then that was when I grew it. So for me, I want to try and get it up to that point, um, definitely. And for anyone that's listening at this point, and if you are within this, this fitness sector, um, I'm really quite passionate about helping people within this sector. I think a lot of people are getting it horrifically wrong. I think a lot of people have got so much latent potential that they're not fulfilling. I think a lot of people are sitting on actually quite good accounts at the moment that they're not monetizing properly. That's something that I can help. I've monetized uh, micro-influencers um, from various different genres for years. So at the moment, if you go search Reeve, R-E-E-V-E social on Instagram, um, you'll see that I've already signed up some, some talent within the sector, uh, including your, your, your great self-call, um, where I'll be helping uh, micro-influencers to, to uh, put some food on their table as well to make some money for them. I just love working with people, uh, Cole. I love helping people. So for me, um, I want to just make sure that my business is safe and sturdy for the next year. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to pretend that I need to be this big, fantastic entrepreneur with loads of different businesses. That's not, that's not me. I just want to help people. So if you're listening to this right now, feel free to drop me a DM and I can give you any advice under the sun. And, you know, if you're someone that, you know, is over 10,000 on Instagram, so you've got the, the swipe ups, then I can help you monetize your account tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think speaking from a personal perspective, I know the, the work that you helped me do with my account and then moving forward, you'll be helping me with negotiating for different adverts and different campaigns, which is extremely time consuming and quite, quite hard. I've done it a few times and I've, I'm lucky to have a few really good affiliate sponsorships that I work with already. But alongside that, there is potential for working with different brands or, or the right product. Um, and that's important. It fits my um, demographic and my niche and my profile but you knowing me as well as you know me and us having quite an open relationship I'd be able to say no to different things and you'd be able to know what what to bring me um, which is which is great and I think that level of expertise to support somebody who it's not my full-time job but even for people it's their full-time job in terms of trying to uh, monetize their Instagram account they, they could certainly do with the guidance as I can see from um, from some of the, the accounts that I follow and work on similar sponsorships with me, I think I probably bring in more than some of them, despite them having bigger pages, just because of the approach they take, which is a, is a bit of a Kermit the Frog with his tea moment. But uh, that's, <laughs> that, the, the, there's certainly advice and support out there from people like yourself to, to improve on that. I think looking back over that podcast, I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind and there's been a, there's been a lot of different information there. Is there, is there anything else you'd want to share with the listeners, Chris, before we, um, before we share where they can find you on, on, on socials and websites? Yeah, yeah, I do. Come my, my, uh, my kind of last, um, my last kind of value dump is, um, I've got three things that I want people to focus on, um, for the rest of this month. Certainly those three things are gratitude. So being extremely grateful for all of the little things you've got in life, perhaps you'll write yourself a gratitude journal. So when you feel a bit down in the dumps during this period, because you can't go to the gym, read your gratitude journal. There's so many little things in life to be grateful for that you don't realize. The second thing, Cole, is perspective. So many people have such a lack of perspective. It's disgusting. People are moaning at the moment that they're bored, um, which is just unbelievable. Like there's people that are putting their lives on the line for us right now. There's people in Africa with, with, with no homes, with, with uh, dirty water to drink, uh, that, that don't have gyms. So go and hunt some perspective and really try and focus on that. Have I actually got it quite good? If you're listening to this in the UK, you've already got the advantage over most other countries in the world. And the, and the last thing as well, which is extremely deep, so forgive me, Carl, but I just don't care anymore, is, uh, is death. 
think about death, start to think about what sort of legacy do I want to leave on the world? You know, what, what sort of impact do I want? How many people do I want to turn up at my funeral? Because, you know, having uh, an affiliate deal is, is all very well and good, but actually no one's going to remember that when, uh, when you're dead. So start to, start to actually really value and appreciate your life whilst you're here. Because believe me, when you get hit with some adversity, like I've gone through losing my mum, you'll be like, geez, I wish I'd focused on the fact that I'm just lucky to be alive. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely mic drop territory here, Chris. And on one and two, certainly that's things that I've seen so far. So I've started a gratitude journal in February this year and I'm my own harshest critic. And then sometimes I can be really scathing myself. So having gratitude for what I have done well and what I do have positive within my life has, has, has been a big help and has helped me view myself in a better way as well in, in, on the days when I don't. Um, two, perspective-wise, yeah, massive. You're talking about the, the sacrifice our NHS are, are making, but also other key workers are continuing to yeah. go out there and put themselves at rest. Delivery drivers, supermarket workers, people who generally wouldn't normally receive a lot of um, praise or uh, monetary uh, return for, for, for what they do are, are, are hopefully being appreciated more so. And the other thing I've done with regards to perspective is some of the books I read last year, particularly around people that have survived places like Auschwitz and uh, Man's Search for Meaning was a particularly good book in that. The Tattooist of Auschwitz was absolutely harrowing as well. And that, that, was, that was a huge thing for me. And one of the things that I discussed with one of my friends the other day who was having a bit of a, a down day is we spoke about the fact that if this was at any other point in human history, outside of the kind of 2000s onwards, this virus would already have killed far more of us and would have killed maybe yeah. millions in the UK already. So we are in some ways lucky to be alive at this particular point and able to manage the virus in the way that we are. Um, you can point. only control the controllables, Cole. You can only control the controllables. What I mean by that is only think about the things that you can control. If you can't control, you can't control the coronavirus. So there's only two ways of dealing with it, which is if you can't change it, you have to change the way that you think about it. It's a very basic self psychology principle. And you know, the, ch the chance that this is mad, right? I love this stat. The chances of becoming a human are 400 trillion to one, 400 trillion to one. So if you're listening right, right now, you've already won the lottery. You're a human, you're alive. Simple as that. Brilliant. And that, that's, quite, that's quite a note for us to end on. Last thing to ask you, Chris, where can the people connect with you? I'll put all the links in the show notes, but I'm quite lazy. And when I listen to a podcast, I like to... <laughs> I like to just come out the app and go and type onto Instagram or Safari, wherever I am, to, to find the thing. Where, where do they need to go? Um, well, to be honest with you, for, for the listeners of your, your, your audience call, it, it would be Chris Rebo, um, C-H-R-I-S-R-W-V-O on Instagram and uh, also Twitter. Um, but feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm Chris Reeve on LinkedIn and I run a company called Reeve Social Media. And my business handle is at Reeve, R-W-E-V-E, -E, social on Instagram and Twitter. Brilliant, Chris. Thanks so much for your time today. I'm sure people will thoroughly enjoyed that. If you've listened up to this point, please drop a, a five-star review if you're on Apple. Share it on your Instagram story. Tag Chris and myself. And we're always open to feedback. Thanks again for listening. And I'll speak to you again next week. Thank you.